Tell him you love him. I love you, Jesus. God is good. You can be seated this morning. Like I said, I don't just have a opening text for this. Glad to see brother and sister Smelser this morning. Love y'all. Glad you could be in town. Um, this is something that I since since I first taught it, I probably I probably teach it somewhere uh, about once a year, and uh, it's something that that I go through. I'll just read through sometimes um, because it it's constantly helpful. It's constantly relevant, and this is some uh, some pieces of advice, but it's all biblical. This is not anything that you just find in, in a Pinterest quote. This is, this is Bible, and, uh, and it helps. And so I want to talk, uh, I want to go through these points today about seven things to do at the end of your rope. And this is, uh, this is something that I love to teach, and it's, it's very helpful. Uh, now, we've all heard the expression... I'm at the end of my rope. We've probably said it or in, in some form at least. You know, you might say I'm at my wit's end. You might say I'm about to lose it. Uh, you know, but that, that old expression, I, I'm at the end of my rope. And we all get uh, to the end of our rope at some point, it feels like. If, if you're living long enough, you'll come to a point and you'll feel like I'm, I'm at the end of my rope with this. I... I, I really don't know what the next step is. I really don't know what to do now. I'm in this place, and I feel like below this is just nothing. I'm, I'm falling. There's no more rope left to hang on to. And uh, how do we get there, though? Usually it's life. Usually it's just things that, that happen. I say this a lot, but a lot of times we give the devil too much credit uh, sometimes it's just life, it's just the things that happen, you know, and, uh, and, and it can drive us to that place, and uh, we get tired, we get worn out, we get burnt out, uh, burned out, burnt, um, that's my, yeah, my southern vernacular, or maybe we, maybe we do it to ourselves sometimes, it, it might be a series of decisions might be some things that we've done uh, that, that kind of got us to this place uh, that we find ourselves in. We let ourselves slip to the end of our rope. And, but no matter how we get there, the end of our rope is a, a place where it feels like, I've, like I said, I've got nothing left to hold on to. If I, if I lose this little bit of grip that I have, I don't know what's going to happen. And if I get any lower, there's no more rope left to hold on to. But I want to help us today to let us know that the end of our rope is, is not final. It's not the end. And uh, I'll tell you why with these seven things that you can remember, these seven things you can do at the end of your rope. Number one sounds like, duh. But when you're at the end of your rope, don't let go. It seems like, now, that was just like, wow, Jake, that's, wow. You studied for a long time for that. That's deep. But 
that seems like it's nowadays it's about the first thing that people want to do. Is it? It's hard that I, I'm 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 in this place now, and and for some reason today giving up is just so. It seems like it's so easy for people to just say, oh, "Well, I'm I'm giving up. I'm letting go." Letting go at the end of your rope is is not the answer. As the old, there's another old saying goes that when you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. Uh, I heard uh, I was teaching this one time, probably a couple of years ago, and and uh, brother Brian Shelton came up to me. He said, "You know, I was thinking, who do you think gave you the rope in the first place?" <laughs> you got to remember, I, you know, what I'm holding on to. And uh, if, if, if there's a rope I'm holding on to, it's the Lord. Anyway, uh, Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I love promises like that, that we, we quote all the time and we say, but man, when you, when you get that inside of you, when you get that just written on your heart, those, those promises like that, that if I can just hold on, if I can just keep doing what I know to do, even if in my flesh it doesn't make sense, even if in my flesh it seems like I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fighting an uphill battle, or I'm, you know, I'm taking two, two steps forward and getting knocked three steps back, I, if I can just hold on, if I can just do what I know to do, I know because the Word of God says in due season, there's something coming for me. There's a promise that I have to hold on to. And I'm going, I'm, I'm going to reap if I faint not. Just practical stuff to go with this is, is you know, don't stop coming to church. Don't give up on the house of God. Don't give up praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop believing don't stop giving don't stop seeking the face of God when we're at the end of our rope we need to tie a knot in the word of God and hold on because letting go is not the answer to your problems it's not the answer to your problems people think for some reason that there's some kind of release in just saying I give up and maybe for a moment maybe for a moment you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm letting go of all the responsibility of believing. I'm letting go of all the responsibility of putting my faith in something. But that, that's, that's fleeting. Because you'll soon find yourself, uh, you, I, I'm, I'm still sinking, but I'm just sinking lower than I thought I could go. You'll be wishing that I was holding on to the promise like I knew to do. Number two is don't blame God. Don't start throwing blame and criticism at God when you find yourself at the end of your rope. And that's another thing that happens too often is people at the end of their rope, whether life got them there or they got themselves there, they start to blame God. Why did God let me get here? Why did God let this happen? God must not care about me anymore. God must have more, imp more important people to help. He must not have his hand on me anymore. I, I must have lost touch with God. He must have left me behind. 
And these are all lies that we can begin to tell ourselves if our heart is not right. Job's wife told Job, she said, when he was at the end of his rope, she said, Job, just curse God and die. She was just pointing out, you, you've lost everything. She said, just curse God and die. But he would not curse God. The Bible says in all this that Job did not sin with his lips. The Bible also says that it rains on the just and on the unjust. And it talks a lot, a lot about trials that we go through. It talks a lot about waters that we walk through. It talks a lot about fire that we go through. That, that's some promises in the Word of God too. You're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. You're going to face trial and, and, and tribulation and, and hardship. The Lord said in the world you're going to have tribulation. He also said be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Very familiar scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Don't start throwing blame at God at the end of your rope. There's a lot of things that we don't understand. There's a lot of times we feel like asking God why. And I've done it. I've asked God, why is this happening before? I've asked God, why is it like this before? But you, you're in a dangerous place when you start uh, casting blame on God and, and start to uh, wag your finger at God. The Lord knows. Job, again, Job is, is the best example, I think, to go to. He, he said, that uh, though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. And he said in one place, I'm looking all, all over and I can't perceive him. I can't tell what God is doing. But then he said, but he knows the way I take. I don't know what he's doing, but he knows where I'm at. And he said, when he's tried me, I'm going to come forth like gold. So don't wag your finger at God. Number three, and this is a big one. And this sounds a little bit like motivational speaking, but this is biblical too. You need to learn to forgive yourself. We've got to learn to forgive ourselves when we feel like we've gotten ourselves into that low place. We will get nowhere if we can't forgive ourselves. Maybe you condemn yourself because your decisions got you to the end of your rope or maybe you cannot you feel that you can't forgive yourself because you simply feel that you weren't strong enough or smart enough or, or careful enough or capable enough and now you've ended up at the end of your rope but whatever the case is you have got to forgive yourself you've you've got to realize who you are in God You've got to realize that who you are to God. You've got to realize that he, He's not going to hold your shortcomings against you. God's not going to just dangle your mistakes over your head and remind you 
But that's what we do to ourselves. Every time we feel like I'm, I'm coming up short, then, then the, the, those invasive thoughts come in. They, oh, here I go again. Here, here I go again doing what I always do. And, and we, we start criticizing ourselves, condemning ourselves. And when we find ourselves at the end of our rope, we can't forgive ourselves. But the Lord's mercy endures forever. It's new every morning. His compassions fail not. He makes all things new. And He loves you. That, that, might, that might seem very Sunday school kid uh, today, but I, I want to remind you that the Lord does love you. And it's not wrong to love yourself enough to forgive yourself. Because really, when we can't forgive ourselves, what, what we're really doing, because only the Lord has power to forgive. We can forgive others like He forgives us. We're commanded to do that. And the Bible says if we can't forgive, then, or if we won't forgive, we won't be forgiven. But really, when we won't forgive ourselves, we're not really letting His forgiveness do what it's supposed to do in our life. So you need to learn to let yourself be forgiven. And number four, even if you have forgiven yourself, you still have to let go of what happened. You still have to be able to move on from what got you to that place in the first place. What has happened, has happened. Sometimes we have the opportunity to fix things, to repair things, to make amends. And that's good. And we should take the opportunity to make things right in whatever way that we have the opportunity to do so. But you've still got to let it go. You've, you've, you've got to let go of the things that happened. You've got to let go of the series of choices maybe that you made. You've got to let go of that situation that got you to that place and stop dwelling on what got you to the end of your rope. Stop losing sleep over it. Stop worrying about it. The only way to escape it is to, to let it go, lay it at the feet of Jesus, move forward. I know that, that that sounds like motivational speaking this morning, but I'm telling you, that's, that's Bible too. You've got to learn to let go of those things and, and move on. I'm trying to help us this morning. You can't change. This is a, this is a big one for me because this is something that I struggled with for a long time. That you cannot change what has happened. And it sounds cliche, but you can control what you will do next. You can control how you'll respond. You can control whether or not you're going to lay it at the feet of Jesus and move on or whether you're going to shackle yourself to the past. You've got to learn that what's happened has happened and you cannot change the past, but you can move on. There's no, and I'll say this, there is nothing that you can't move on from. There is no, if you will take those next steps, the Lord will order your steps. You're not doing it by yourself. The Lord will help you, but you've got to move on from that place. Number five. I know I'm moving pretty quick. I, 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 don't, I don't teach like pastor. Pastor is an excellent teacher. And he can, he, he can teach 
He can, he can fill up a time slot and, and not bore you to death. But what I'm doing, I'm being self-aware and realizing that I will start rambling and will bore you to death. I'm, I like to get to, to the point that I'm making so that I don't uh, try and fill in space like I'm doing right now. We're going to have a long season of prayer at the end of this. I've been preaching for a long time now, and I still I'm 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 self-aware. I'm self-aware. I I know what I what I can do and what I can't do. But I'm trying to help us this morning. Number five. You need to surround yourself with godly influences. You need to surround yourself with godly influences when you're in a place like that. I I said this yesterday. It was a thought that that came to me, but. You don't always have to go to someone that feels the same way that you do when you're in a place like that. And most of the time, you shouldn't. And that's especially when you feel uh, angry, when you feel critical, when you feel especially like giving up throwing in the towel, you shouldn't go to someone else who's feeling angry or critical or feeling like throwing in the towel. I, I said this yesterday, but that's, that's two scoops of bad decisions and a recipe for disaster. You just, you're, you're compounding negative thoughts that produce negative actions. You need to go to someone who, who will listen to you will hear what, you're, what you have to say, will hear what you're going through, will comfort you, but they will also give you sound, biblical, wise, godly advice. Sometimes we need to hear, we talk about, how people talk about today, I want someone to validate my feelings. I, and I, I, I get that to a certain extent. You should not be dismissive. You don't, when, you're, when you're struggling, you don't want to go to someone and then be dismissive of what you're going through. But you shouldn't always have your feelings validated. Oh, that sounds just kind of, ugh, to say even. But not always. Because sometimes we need to hear why the way we're feeling is not the way that it is. I don't want somebody to help me dig my grave. <laughs> I, I, I don't want somebody to help me uh, take the scissors to the end of my rope. I, I, sometimes I, I, I'm thankful when someone will listen to me and will comfort me and, and that we should do that. But again, sometimes I need to hear why the way I'm feeling is not the way that it is. Sorry if that's kind of sour but <laughs> it's it's true though it's true you don't you don't go to people that are going to fill your mind with a bunch of mess at the end of your rope you, you don't go to someone like job's wife who'll tell you to, to blame god you don't go to someone who's gonna uh turn you on brothers and sisters you don't go to someone who's who's gonna just want to gossip and trash talk and and talk about the church and talk about them and talk about him and her and don't go to someone who let you 
who will who will cause you to let go of what you've believed in. Don't go to someone who's going to say, just let go. <laughs> Don't go to anyone who will tell you to, to lash out at people. Don't go to someone who's going to tell you to do anything that contradicts the Word of God. That one I, I, I can't believe that I should have to emphasize, but you'd be surprised if people sometimes would just look and say, like, oh yeah, that, that sounds, you know, that really... Uh, that feels like it should be helpful to me, but it's not what the Word of God says about this. It's hard to do that sometimes when we're in our feelings and we want to hear something that's going to uh, justify the way that we feel, but sometimes I just need to hold it up against the Word of God and see, see what it says. And the Bible says don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I've, I've said this a million times. That that's not saying isolate yourself from unbelievers. That's not, say, that's not saying cut, you know, cut people off so that you have no kind of contact or godly influence in people's lives or anything like that. But it's saying don't join yourself. When you're yoked to something, whichever way it's, it's going, that's, that's where you're going. So you don't need to be unequally yoked to someone who's, like I said, is going to help you take the scissors to the end of your rope. You want to surround yourself with godly, positive influences. Someone that will pray for you and with you. Someone that will encourage you and lift you up. And like the Bible says, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. You might have a friend and you love them to death, but if you know... They don't make good decisions. Maybe you shouldn't go to someone that you know is going to lead you the wrong way. Amen. Come to number six. At the end of your rope, again, sounds simple, but you need to trust God. I talked about this the other day, how we sing about trusting God. We, we like to talk about trusting God. But trusting God is a, a big thing sometimes because we, we say, I trust God, but what we're really saying is, I believe God exists. <laughs> if I'm saying I trust God, I'm saying I'm giving control to God. If I trust God, I've, I've got to let go of, of the way that I would handle this, the way that I would respond to this, and I've got to trust God. Trusting God is saying, I have no idea how it's going to work, what, how it's going to work out, how the door is going to open. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I do trust God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. It's a very important step. Even when you don't understand why you're at the end of your rope, trust God. The Bible says to lean not to your own understanding. And it says right after that, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. He shall direct thy paths. God's ways are higher than our ways. If I could just remember sometimes that uh, He is God. All-knowing, 
He's, he's, his knowledge, His wisdom is unsearchable, the Scripture says. He's the Creator of the universe, known and unknown. He spoke everything to existence. He's omniscient, omnipresent. He fills all space, even if space is continuously expanding. However that works, God is before it all. And like uh, a man said once, I'm just a mud pie and a necktie. <laughs> he formed me out of the dirt. But that's the thing i got to remember is that He formed me. I, I don't know more than He knows. And so I'm going to trust God that His ways are higher than my ways. Sometimes things happen. We end up at the end of our rope and we're wondering, why, I'm, why am I here? This was not my intention. But God knows right where you are. And I, I, I feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning, that God does know right where you are. He's paying attention to your thoughts. The things that, that, that you're losing sleep over, God is paying attention to. The things that you haven't breathed the word to anyone about. The concern and the worry and things. God knows what's in your heart. God knows your struggles. He knows what's happening. He knows exactly what He's doing. And when you find yourself at the end of your rope, that's not God punishing you. He won't... Uh, he, he's not going to... Let us go through something alone. He's not going to let us walk through something alone. I'm, I'm trying to give us these things that we hear all the time, but help us understand that it's true. That He won't put something on us that, that we're without helping us carry it. Things just happen sometimes. We end up in that place. But don't ever stop trusting and believing that God has got you. I love, y'all know I love Romans 8. But Paul wrote one time in Romans 8 and 18, he said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I believe that's, that's an eternal promise, but I believe that that's a promise that we can take to heart for here in this life. That what I'm going through right now, I just believe that when I'm on the other side of it, it's not even going to compare with what God has for me on the other side of this. In Psalm 121, the psalmist wrote, I lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee, he's my keeper will not slumber. I've, I've said about that verse many times that it's, it's not about where my feet are, feet are. Feet are. It's about where my eyes are. He said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing down in the valley, but I'm lifting my eyes up to the hills because that's where my help comes from. And in Romans, again, Romans 8.28, all things work together how many believe that, that, that uh, if I love God, that I'm 
called according to His purpose. All things work together for my good. Because I love God. I'm called, I know that I'm called according to His purpose. And so I'm going to trust the Lord. And number seven. And this is probably my favorite one. Is bless the Lord at all times. Even at the end of my rope, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will give God glory in everything. Paul said glory and tribulation. I'm going to give God praise in every season, no matter where I find myself. If I'm on the mountaintop or in the valley or at the end of my rope, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Again, referencing Job. In Job 121, he this is what he had to say when he had lost everything except his integrity in God. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked I returned thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. One of the most important things that you can always remember is to bless the Lord at all times. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you're at the end of your rope, don't stop praising. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop giving God the honor and the glory. There's power in that. It, gives us, it helps us take authority over the voice and influences of the enemy. It, takes us, it helps us take authority over that, that little voice uh, that's us, lying to ourselves. It helps us take every thought into captivity, like the Word says. Don't stop blessing the name of the Lord. Don't. This, this is, I, I want to stay on this for just a minute. This, this is one of the ones that I, I see people skip this step. The thing is, you, you can do a lot of these things and take a lot of this advice to heart, but if you lose your praise and worship, you, you're still going to be handicapped at the end of your rope. Because I've seen people, they... they they're even maybe, you know, talking to the right people. They're, they're taking some of the right steps. But the way they worship has changed. Their participation in service has changed. They, they're not as quick to lift their hands anymore. They're not as quick to clap their hands anymore. They're not as quick to step out of their seat, step out of their comfort zone they're not as quick to, to be that one that will lay hands on somebody else in service. They're not as quick to say amen. They're not as quick to, to uh, let their self cry or get emotional in the house of God, in the presence of God anymore. We don't do those things, church, so that service can look good. We don't do those things so we can capture good moments for social media we're not we don't even do it because everybody else is doing it 
When I lift my hands, it's in worship. When I lift my voice, it's in worship. It has nothing to do. It, it, it will uh, sometimes jump on to somebody that's next to me. And it'll encourage somebody. And it does help shift the atmosphere. But when I worship, it's to Him. When I lift my voice, it's to Him. When I raise my hands, it's to Him. If I'm crying, it's because of Him. It's because I'm thinking about the goodness of God. And even when I'm crying because my heart is broken, it's still to Him because He bottles up my tears, the Bible says. He's near to the brokenhearted, the Bible says. So everything that I do, my worship, my praise, every time I lift my voice, my participation, the the times that I say, that even if I'm saying... Hey, I'm at the end of my rope, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It's all to Him. And if I get all these other steps, but at the end of my rope, I lose my praise and worship. I'm still in a very, very dangerous place. I've talked, I say it all the time. You can stand with me. I did okay on time. But I, I've, I've, I've said this, that praise is a weapon. That's not just something that we sing. Praise and worship, it, it combats those negative thoughts, combats the voice of the enemy, it, it, the, those, the, the feelings of wanting to give up and throw in the towel, and I'm at the end of my rope. Praise and worship will combat against those things. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I, I don't have time to do it, but I, I could give you a, a, a lesson, a study about strongholds. Those strongholds, you know, it, it's, it's imagery. We picture like castle walls or something, a fortress, but those strongholds are things that get set up in our minds. And it's not, it's not a stronghold like that strong tower that I run into and I'm safe. Like it calls the Lord. It's a stronghold in my mind that, that keeps in bitterness. Keeps in anger. It keeps in feelings of wanting to give up. Feelings of hopelessness. But the weapons of our warfare, that praise and worship, lifting my voice, shouting unto God with a voice of triumph, blessing the name of the Lord, those are spiritual weapons that are mighty through God and they pull down strongholds when I'm at the end of my rope. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. They pull down strongholds that are set up in my mind. So I wanna I wanna get all these steps, all these things, all these spiritual principles that I can apply. I want to get all of them, and I definitely don't wanna don't want to skip over holding on to my praise and my worship when I'm at the end of my rope. I hope this helps us today. For me, at least, like I said, I'll go through this. I'll just read through these things, go over it with myself sometimes. Because I, it, it, it breaks my heart seeing people 
give up. It breaks my heart seeing people sink lower because they're not responding in a way that is, is going to help them. The, these things, it, it, it takes the Spirit to help us with. You got to let, maybe I should add an eighth step. You got to let go of carnality at the end of your rope. Don't do what your flesh wants to do at the end of your rope. Remember some things. Stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. Remember, God's got me out of this before. God's come through before. God is faithful who is promised. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands now for just a minute. We, we have a couple minutes. Why don't we just lift our hands, lift our voice, call on the Lord right now. Just, just affirm this to the Lord. God, I'm, I'm holding on. I'm not letting go. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Lord, maybe, I, I, maybe I've made some, some mistakes. Maybe it's just life. Lord, but forgive me if I've not responded in a way that, that's going to help me. Forgive me if I've not responded in a way that's going to bring you glory. Lord, we trust in you today. And I, I pray this over my brothers, my sisters, my church family, everyone under the sound of my voice today, whatever they're battling with, whatever they're going through, whatever stronghold is set up in their mind, every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus, I come against it with the Word of God today. And I speak life. Lord, help us. Lord, endurance and strength. Lord, lift us up today. Stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. And help us to remember that our help comes from you. Let's worship together for just another moment right now. Sing this chorus together. It's running.
Lord just kind of dropped something to me right here. I want you just, I'm not going to make you do anything crazy, but just if it's appropriate, just take the hand of somebody beside you for just a minute. I'm not going to ask you to like do cartwheels together or something. Just take the hand of somebody beside you. The Lord just dropped this into my spirit a second ago. That, that's some rope the Lord has given you to hold on to right there. The Lord's going to help you, brother and sister, but know this, I'm going to help you. I'll be your rope if you need it. You can hold on to me, I'm holding on to you. Mm. You know, with all this that I've said today, we still got to have unity in it. That hand you've got right there, that's some rope the Lord's giving you to hold on to. Just, just one more time, why don't you thank God for your brother and sister before we're dismissed from Sunday school today. Lift, your hand, lift their hand up and thank God for your brother and sister. God, help me to be the help that I need to be. Help me to be, Lord, the brother, the sister that I need to be. In Jesus' name, I thank you for unity. I thank you for the church. I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. If you're thankful for the Word of God, the instruction of the Word today, why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is good. We have everything that we need to make it, church. Amen? Amen. We're going to have a great service today. God's going to move. God's going to help someone. God's going to pull somebody out of the pit. I believe it. God's going to heal somebody, deliver somebody. You believe that today? Let's find a place to pray uh, before service begins today. In Jesus' name.